Well, good morning. As I always say, and it always is true, it's a really great blessing to be worshiping with you. Some of you are aware that uh, we are in the season that some churches call Lent. And this is a, a time before Easter when we reflect on our, our sinfulness and our mortality. Some people choose to fast during this time in various ways. And uh, a few weeks ago I preached about uh, a prayer of confession that we find in Isaiah 63 and 64. And in that prayer the prophet recognizes the greatest need of, of his people. They need God to change their hearts and they need God to be near to them. And prayers of confession are always, uh, always appropriate, but especially during this time of Lent. But today we're going to look at God's answer to this prayer of confession. Immediately after the prophet finishes praying, God starts his reply in chapter 65. And then God's words, God's words spoken in God's voice basically continue through the end of the book. So we're not going to read two full chapters today, but we'll just read some verses. In these verses, God first responds with anger and sorrow at how his people have rejected him. But he also says that a small group within Israel, his people, have remained loyal to him. Even when they've been mocked and excluded by their fellow Israelites. And he also says, says that there are people from outside Israel, uh, the Gentiles, who have reached out to the God of Israel in faith. Even though he was first reaching out to the Israelites. So believing Israelites and Gentiles together, God says, will together form his new people. 
Ir sako, tarp įvyks toks dalykas, kad ir Izraelitai, ir pagonės, jie prieerties prie Dievo ir susiformuos nauja tauta, nauji žmonės. And at the end of the age, this new people, Jews and Gentiles together, will live peacefully and securely in new heavens and new earth. Ir ateityje, jie, tie, ta tauta, žydų ir pagonių, gyvens kartu ir taikoje. And we're also going to see today some connections to Mark chapter 5. Ir mes, kada skaitysime šitą tekstą, mes atrasime tam tikras koroliavimą arba susijungimą su Morkaus Evangelija 5 skyriu. And in that chapter we see how Jesus, as God incarnate, He has the same stance of openness to sinful people. Ir ten, naujam testamente, jau mes matome Jėzų, kuris yra atviras ir pasiekiamas žmonėm. Jews and Gentiles together who reach out to Him in faith visiems pasiekiamas žydams ir pagonėms, kurie tik tais ieško jo. So let's now read the text of Isaiah 65. We'll read verses 1 through 9. Dabar perskaitykime Izaijo 65 skyrių nuo 1 iki 9 eilutės. And then 12 through 15. Tada nuo 12 iki 15. And then chapter 66 verses 1 to 6. Ir tada 66 skyrius nuo 1 iki 6. Do you want to read it in Lithuania? Aš buvau pasirengęs atsakyti tiems, kurie manęs neklausė, būti surastas tų, kurie manęs neieškoja. Tautai, kuri nesišaukė mano vardo, aš kartojau, aš čia, aš čia, nuolatos tiesiau savo rankas į maištingą tautą, blogų keliu einančią su savo užmačiamis, tautą, kuri akiplėšiškai be perstojo pykdo mane. Jie aukoja krūvinas atnašas, alkose ir deginas milkalus ant plytų. Jie sėdi kapų nišose, naktis praleidžia uolose. Valgo keulieną su dvėsenos viralu savo induose. Stovėk, kur stovi, šaukia jie. Nedrysk manęs paliesti. Tau esu per šventas. Šitokie dalykai aitrina mano pykti, kaip be perstoje degančią ugnį. Štai visą tai priešais mane užrašyta, nebetilėsiu, kol neatsiskaitysiu. Atmokėsiu jiems, kaip jie nusipelnė. Drauge už jų kaltes ir jų tėvų kaltes, sako viešpats, kadangi jie deginus milkalus kalnuose ir įžeidinėjo mane ant kalvų. Aš jiems toliau atsiaikėsiu atlygį, kokio jie nusipelnė. Tada kalba viešpats, kol kelyje dar yra sulčių, Kol kekėje yra sulčių, žmonės sako, neišmeskite jos, nes joje dar yra šis tas gero. Taip ir aš pasielgsiu su jų su savo tarnais, netmesiu jų visų. Iš jų kubo pagimdysiu palikuonių, iš judo mano kalnų paveldėtojų, mano išrinktėjai paveldės kraštą, mano tarnai ten gyvens. Juk aš lemsiu 
kalavijų ir visi jų skrisite per žudynės, kadangi šaukiau, bet neatsiliepėte, kalbėjau, bet nesiklausėte, darėte, kas blogo mano kise ir rinkotės, kas man nepatinka. Todėl aš taip kalba viešpas Dievas, štai mano tarnai valgis, o jūs kesėte alki, mano tarnai gers, o jūs kesėte troškulį, mano tarnai džiaugsis, o jūs turėsite gėdytis. Mano tarnai dainuos iš širdies džiaugsmo, o jūs verksite iš širdgelos, ei manuosite iš sielvartų. Jūs paliksite vardą, kuris man išrinktėjai keiksis. Taip viešpats Dievas tie užmuša tave, bet mano tarnai gaus kitą vardą. Taip kalba viešpats, dangus mano sostos, o žemė suolelis mano kojoms, kur tie namai, kuriuos galėtumėte man pastatyti, kur tie mano polsio vieta, mano ranka sukūrė visą tai, visą tai mano, tai viešpatės žodis. Aš rūpinuosi žmogumi, suvargusiu ir besisėluojančiu, drebančiu nuo mano žodžio. Aukoti jauti ar užmušti žmogų, skirsti avina ar nusukti šunį sprandą, aukoti grūdus ir ar lieti keulės krauje, degintis milkalus, kaip priminimo auka stabui, tai keliai labai mėgstami žmonių, kuriems malonės jų bjauriausios apeigos. Bet aš jiems parinksiu sunkius pandimus ir užleisiu ant jų, ko jie bijo, dėl to, kad niekas neatsiliepė, kai šaukiausi, nesiklausė, kai jiems kalbėjau, dėl to, kaip jie darė, kas bloga mano akise ir rinkose, kas priešinga mano norui. Klausykis viešpatie žodžio, kurie drebate nuo jo balso, jūsų tautiečiai, kurie jūsų neapkenčia ir atstumė dėl mano vardo sako, Tie parodo viešpat savo šlovę, kad galėtume jūsų džiaugsmų pasidžiaugti, tačiau jie bus sugėdinti. Greusmas veršės iš miesto, balsas iš ventyklos, tai balsas viešpatės, atlyginančio priešams už jų darbus. Dėlo žodis. Noriu keletą įlučių tokių svarbių pabrėžti čia. Aš noriu pirmiausia pažiūrėti, kaip tos dvi temos susijungia čia kartu. Taigi šaukimas ir pasiekimas. Iš tikrųjų, Dievas ir šaukia, ir nori prisiliesti prie tautos, bet tos tautos, kurie atmetė jį. Galbūt tai panašiai yra kaip su vaikais, kada tu ar dukteriečiai, ar sunienas, tu pirmą kartą juos aplankai. Maybe not for the first time, but you kneel down and you hold out your arms. 
Ir gal ne pirmą kartą, bet tu atėjai, atsiklaupėjai ir sakai, nu, ateik, ateik. And, you know, but the child then, you know, runs past you to someone else. O vaikas tiesiog pradėga pro šalį. This can also happen with dogs as well. Kartais su žinim taip nutinka. So, no one really takes it Listen, I hope you don't take it personally when a child does that one time. Because, you know, children are children. But, you know, let's say if you're an uncle or an aunt and the child, you know, ignores you like this many times in a row. Maybe you start to feel a little bit hurt. But imagine as they grow up, if they still never want to, never want to see you, never want to talk with you, never want to hug you. But if you look at him, he says, "Ugly," and he doesn't even want to see you. Well, this is how this is how God felt with Israel. He held out his hands to them many times, even as they were growing up into his people. Iš tikrųjų, jis daug kartų buvo panašiai, dėmesį parodęs, rankas išskleidęs, kad jie ateitų pas jį, bet jie tiesiog kaip tautą užaugo ir nekreipė dėmesį jį. He did give them rules to follow, but he didn't just want them to follow these rules. Iš tikrųjų, jis davė ir taisyklės, kaip jie turėtų elgtis, bet jis netikslas buvo, kad jie elgtųsi pagal tas taisyklės. He wanted to be close to them. He made himself available to them. He held out his hands all day long to them, but most of them ignored him. And I think we know that this is not unique to ancient Israel. Each of us can think of, of people and, and maybe even times in our own lives when, when we've ignored God's arms reaching out to us. So that's the frustration that God experiences first. Ir tai yra tokia frustracija, toks susierzinimas, kurį Dievas patiria. And as we continue through the text, he describes the situation that has made him sad and angry. Ir iš tikrųjų, jeigu žiūrime tekstą toliau, mes matome, kaip ta situacija supykdė jį. Some of these faithless Israelites have just ignored him altogether, but others have told him to go away, get out of here. Vieni tiesiog ignoravo Izraelitai, bet kiti tai iš viso sakė, eik iš čia, nenorim tavęs. And some people have even tried to kind of manipulate God using their actions, but without actually reaching out to him. O treti tai iš viso kažkaip užsiemė manipuliavimu, norėjo Dievą, kad pasiekti savo tikslų per su Dievo pagalbą. So first, ignoring. Some people have ignored Yahweh God by burning incense to other gods. Taigi pirmas dalykas ignoravimas buvo toks, kad jie degino aukas kitiems Dievams, o ne Yahweh. Just not seeking Him at all. Visiškai neieškojo Dievo. Some people, it says, 
that he, he says that they have actively told Yahweh and his prophets and servants to, to keep away. Keep away. I, I'm too holy. I'm just fine as I am. Don't come near me. And some people are trying to worship Yahweh God through, through rituals, but not caring about moral obedience to him. And that takes us to the next observation. So these verses use uh, the imagery of ritual impurity to describe the people's moral relationship to God. So this gets a little bit strange and confusing for us, but I'll try to explain it. So we read some laws about that God gives to the Israelites about ritual impurity in Leviticus 11 through 15. Now we tend, as modern people, to link the idea of impurity with either sin or something that will make you sick. And also, these laws, as we read them, they, they seem irrelevant to us because God explicitly says in the New Testament that we don't have to follow these ones anymore. So what do these laws symbolize? Well, the laws protect God's holiness and his creatorness from our moral sin and from expressions of our humanness. <laughs> they protect God's holiness <laughs> from when we sin. And they also protect God's creator, his, his identity as the creator from our humanness. Some of the laws are about health and well-being. Like, for example, an Israelite mother is ritually impure after she has a baby. It doesn't mean she's done something wrong. It's actually good. But if she can't go and uh, worship, that means it's protecting her and the baby from sickness. Okay. And um, some of their, the laws also protect the Israelites from eating animals that could make them sick. Žvėris, nuo kurių arba, na, pa, nu, 
gyvulius, kurie, nuo kurių galėjo jie susirpti. Some of the exclusions were based on uh, bodily fluids or touching that relates to, to death or new life. Ir iš tikrųjų, kai kurie būdavo būtent prisilietimas arba kraujoplūdis, nu, kas dėl apsaugos. For example, a woman was considered ritually impure during her period, which is a natural part of her God-given ability to reproduce. Pavyzdžiui, moteris, kuri turėjo savo ciklą, mėnesinių ciklą ir turėjo kraujoplūdį, tuo metu jinai skaitėsi rituališkai nešvari. Also, when someone touched a dead body, even to bury the body with respect, that person was, uh, was considered ritually impure for arba, seven days. Arba kažkas tai, jeigu prisilėtė prie negyvo kūno, uh, net jeigu ir tai buvo laidojimo metu, uh, jis laikydavosi septynės dienas nešvariu, nu, rituališkai nešvariu. Again, nothing of this has to do with morality. Čia nieko nėra su morale susiję. So none of these people have sinned in these situations. Nei vienas iš jų nenusidėjo šitoje situacijoje. But they're not permitted for a certain period of time to enter sacred space to worship God. Bet jiems tiesiog nebūdavo leidžiama įeiti į tą šventų, nu, į tą šventą vietą garbinti Dievą. And also there are some exclusions in the law that are associated with worshiping other gods. Ir taip pat būdavo išskirtinumai taip pat dėl garbinimo kitų dievų. Okay, well, how does this work in Isaiah? Kaip tai Isaijojo knygoje dabar viskas dėliojasi? Well, this ritual impurity is used as a metaphor to describe the alienation from God due to their sins. Iš tikrųjų, tai yra metafora to, kad tas ritualinis netyrumas tai yra atsitraukimas ir atitolimas nuo Dievo. In chapter 64, verse 6, the prophet says that all our righteous deeds are like filthy rags. And the word that's used there for filthy rags is menstrual cloth, something a woman uses during her period. Iš tikrųjų, tas nešvarus skudurai yra, žodis yra naudojamas kaip moteris, nu, kaip dabar būtų tamponai arba, nu, kažkas sutepta krauju. You can just let that uncomfortable image sink in for a second. Tai aš suprantu, kad nėra toks patogus, nu, pavyzdys. It does become important for us later on. Bet vėliau tai bus svarbu mums. And in chapter 65, verse 4, God criticizes the people for hanging out in graveyards among dead bodies. And also for eating pork and other unclean meats. And these are all ritually impure acts. Rituališkai nešvarumo veiksmas. And in chapter 66, verse 3, their Israelites are doing rituals to try to please Yahweh. Ir šią dešimt šeštam skyriuje mes skaitame apie tai, kaip Izraelitai bando atlikti ritualus, kad pamaloninti Dievą. They're sacrificing clean animals and grain offerings and incense. Tai jie ir smilkalus aukoja, ir švarius gyvūnus, ir but God says that those are disgusting to him, like ritually 
impure acts. So like when the Israelites come to bring a nice, uh, perfect lamb for their sacrifice, God treats it as if they've brought a dog with a broken neck. And it's, that's, this is how God says their, their offerings to him are offensive because their, their hearts are hardened. Basically, because they've ignored God for, and his laws for so long, and they, anything that they tried to do in their own way of thinking turned out to be even more offensive to God. And maybe you felt this way, in, of course, in a different sense, but you felt like anything you've tried to do to make things right with God and others around you just ends up blowing up in your face. So what? So is this a hopeless situation? Well, no, of course not. Bet ne. So, but what does God do? Because God is gracious, He will judge between those who are His true servants and those who are not. So that's another important theme in this, in this passage in Isaiah. So what does God say about his, his false servants, his rebellious people, Israel? Well, as we've seen, he's reached out to them and called out to them, but they didn't answer. They worshipped other gods. And they mocked and excluded the small group of faithful Israelites who were genuinely trying to follow God's way. And in chapter 66, verse 5, we see a, this word for exclude. These people are so busy excluding God's faithful people that they are they don't see how their attitudes as a whole have made them offensive to God. But instead of just giving up on his people, God embraces his true servants. In 64.7 it says, it says these are the people who call upon Yahweh's name and, and, and try to take hold of him. In 
In chapter 65, verse 8, there's this image of a cluster of grapes. Cluster. Like a grapes. Did you ever buy grapes from the store and then you bring them home and you realize that uh, most of them are soft and gross? Yeah. But you don't throw it right away. You kind of dig into the cluster to see if there are any good ones. Well, that's what God says he's going to do. There's some good grapes in that mostly bad cluster. And further in chapter 65, it says that God will call his true servants from inside and outside Israel. It says that they will, when he calls, uh, they, they will answer. And in fact, when, uh, when they call out to him, he, he will answer. In chapter 66, it says that they, they tremble before God's word and have humble spirits. Remember that, taking hold of him and, and trembling before him. Okay, let's see how some of this dynamic comes into a New Testament passage. And so there are two ways that God answers the prayer of the prophet. One is in Isaiah, and the other is in the New Testament. Okay, so I want you to know that uh, Sage and I have been working on uh, a longer study together, inspired by our Isaiah, Isaiah course last semester. And a very insightful paper that she wrote. And uh, next week she will be preaching on a short portion of Mark chapter 5. But we have worked together on what I'm presenting today and what she's presenting next week. And she will give us some more details next week about Mark 5. But today I just want to observe that there are that there are three stories that contain a lot of connections to these chapters of Isaiah. First, in Mark 5, there's a story where Jesus meets a man possessed by demons. And he casts the demons out of this man who, who is, seems to be a Gentile. But this, uh, this man before, uh, so while he is possessed by demons, he lives among the tombs, the dead bodies. 
Bet kol jis buvo apsėstas, jisai gyveno urvuose ir kapuose. And he, in this, the culmination of the story is the evil spirits going into this herd of pigs. Ir iš tikrųjų, toj visoj istorijoj mes matome, kaip tada tie demonai ant keulių išėjimą. So we have tombs and pigs from Isaiah 65. And once this man is healed, he is rejected by his, his Gentile um, brothers. O kada tas vyras buvo išlaisvintas ir pagydytas, jo kaimas arba jo vietovė kiti pagonis atstumė jo jį ir nenori jo priimti. But God sends him out to tell everyone about how God has had mercy on him. Bet Dievas jį pasiunčia, kad jisai eitų ir pasakotų, koks Dievas buvo malaningas jam. And next there is the story of a a synagogue ruler who has a, a daughter that is very sick and eventually dies. This man looked for Jesus and, and threw himself down before him and, and asked him to have mercy on his daughter. And when Jesus raises the daughter from the dead, he reaches out and he touches her dead body. Ir iš tikrųjų, kada Jėzus ateina pas tą merginą, jis prisilėčia prie mirusios mergaitės kūnų. Ir tada mes turime pavyzdį moters, kuri turi kraujoplūdį visą savo labai ilgą laiką. So she is ritually impure and no one wants to go near her. All three of these people are at the end of their hopes. They have no one to rescue them. But in the Gospel of Mark, Jesus is Yahweh, the God of Israel, coming back to his people. Bet Markaus evangelijoje ir mes matome tą istoriją, kad Jėzus, kuriejas Jahvėje, ateina pas savo žmonės. To judge and to save. Teisti, bet ir gelbėti. And just like Yahvėje in the book of Isaiah, Jesus holds out His hands to the people preaching the kingdom of God. Taip kaip ir viešpats Dievas senam Izaijoje knygą, taip ir čia naujajam mes matom, kaip Jėzus yra ištiesęs rankas į savo žmonės. And for this woman and the little girl, Jesus heals them by touching them. Ir Jėzus pagydo tą mergaitę prisilėsdamas prie jos. Well, really, the woman reaches out and touches Jesus. But instead of the ritual impurity transferring from these impure bodies to Jesus, purity and life and healing flows from Jesus into them. Ir jeigu natūraliai turėtų tas nešvarumas arba netirumas pereiti ant Jėzus, įvyksta tvirkštinis dalykas, kad Jėzus šventumas pereina ant tų žmonių. And these three stories together show us that There are amongst Jews and Gentiles many who who ignore or disregard Jesus. Ir mes matome toje istorijoje, kad yra žmonių ir tarpžydų ir pagonių, kurie nu ne nekreipia dėmesio ignoruoja Jėzų. But there are also faithful ones who seek out Jesus and take hold of him. Bet yra ištikimų žmonių, kurie ieško Jėzus ir laikosi jo. It almost seems as though Mark is, has read Isaiah 63 to 66 and is 
is shaping his stories to show us how Jesus' words and actions are fulfillment of God's purpose. Panašu, kad Morkus žino 64 Okay, so what does this mean for us? Well, first, I think we have to recognize God's grace and mercy and just revel in it, just be excited about it. Ir tai pirmas dalykas, kad reikia suvokti Dievo šlovę, malonę ir kažkaip įvertinti tai. We have to always remember that God's mercy and love for Israel has meaning for us too. Kad reikia nuolat suvokti, kad Dievo meilė Izraelitams visada turi ir prasme mums. And we must tell the stories of God's faithfulness in our lives and in the life of our church. Ir mums svarbu kalbėti istorijas, kurios yra Dievo ištikimybės ženklai mūsų gyvenime ir mūsų bažnyčiai. Bet taip pat mums reikia šitą istoriją perskaityti kaip įspėjimą. Jie galvojo, kad Izraelitai yra tokie saugus ir apsaugoti. And they didn't have to pursue God or pursue holiness. Or maybe they treated, you know, Israel's God and other gods as something they could, you know, they could manipulate when they wanted something. I do these rituals for God, and then He'll give me what I want. Aš padarysiu tam tikrus ritualus ir gausiu, ką aš noriu. Aš noriu dabar kreiptis į tuos, kurie, kaip ir aš, buvau išauklėti krikščioniškose šeimose. Kalbuo apie jaunimui, paaugliams, vaikams ir visų pirmą savo. We should never take for granted the grace of God. And just because we've heard these things talked about to us growing up. Believe me, I know plenty of people who are raised in Christian families who, despite knowing the truth, have, have rejected it. Patikėkite, žinau labai daug žmonių savo tarpę, kurie nežiūrint to, kad jie užaugo krikščioniškoje aplinkoje, jie samoningai atsisakė arba atstumė Dievo. Lygiai taip pat kaip tie Izraelitai, jie išaugo su tom visom istorijom, kur jos kalbėjo apie tai, kaip Dievas norėjo būti arti jų, bet jie atsisakė. Each of us raised with this blessing It is a blessing, but we, each of us still needs to believe in Jesus for ourselves. And if you have not been, if you haven't yet been baptized and been identified with Christ and asked for the support and the encouragement of the church in your Christian walk, We're going to be having a baptism service in a few weeks. 
Ir jeigu tu dar nesi padaręs to žingsnių ir pasikrikštijęs samoningai, kažkaip susitapatinę su tikėjimu ir Kristaus keliu, tai mes greitai turėsime krikštą ir tu galėtum prisijungti. So this is a great opportunity to take that step and proclaim what God has done for you. Ir tai yra geras žingsnis teisingas, išpažinant tai, ką Dievas padarė tau. And as we close, we have to always focus on how how Jesus completes this portrait of God that Isaiah is painting for us. The prophet says to God, why are you so distant? Why aren't you reaching out to us? And God's answer in Isaiah 65 is, I did reach out to you all day long. And he also says that he's going to call, he's going to extend that reach and call people from all nations and backgrounds. And throughout the gospel stories, we see that Jesus' arms are open wide to those who will humble themselves and respond to his call. Iš Naujo Testamento mes matome, kad kiekvienas, kuris tik nusižemina ir atsiliepia į Kristaus kvietimą, Kristus visada atsiliepia. Visi, kurie prisiliečia ir kabinasi tikėjimu į Kristų. And at the cross, with his arms stretched out all day long, in excruciating pain, he looked out at a rebellious and disobedient people. Ant kryžiaus, kada jis buvo agonijoje, iš tiesios rankas jis įžiūrėjo į tautą, kurią atmeta jį ir maištauja. At Jews and Gentiles. Ir žydai, ir pagonis. And he took upon himself the punishment for their sin, for all who would trust in him. Ir jis priema bausmę už tuos, kurie nepasitikė juo. And his arms remain open, and his hands remain powerful to rescue us. Ir jo rankos yra vis dar ištiestos, ir jo glebis atviras, ir jis yra galingas, kad išgelbėtų mūsų. And his hands are loving and careful to shape us into the images that he's created us to be. Ir jo rankos yra mylinčios rankos, kurios gali suformuoti mus į atvaizdą, į mylintę atvaizdą. Just like Isaiah says, the potter shapes the clay. Taip, kaip Isaiah sako, kaip puodžius formuoja puodą. So come to Jesus and confess your rebellion and your anger, your resentments and self-love and receive his forgiveness. Receive the Holy Spirit who guided Israel in the wilderness. And it's given to all who trust in Jesus. If we tremble at God's word, as, as God says, we humble ourselves. God will glorify himself and all the nations will see our joy. Amen. Amen.